Hello, folks, and welcome to Author Adjacent, a podcast about the journey from hobbyist writer to professional author. I'm your host, Michael Vadney. If you're listening to this, you may not be ready to call yourself an author. Even I'm not there yet, but I am Author Adjacent. Now, a few things to note before we get started. My content is focused on novel writing, but many of these suggestions will apply to other formats. I'll remind you again that I'm not an expert, just another writer on the path from hobbyist to author. However, I've spent hundreds of hours researching these topics and have written hundreds of thousands of words, and I want to pass on what I've learned to you. Since this is the first episode of this podcast, I thought it would be appropriate for today's topic to be first drafts. I just finished the first draft of my latest novel at the end of last year, so I thought it would be a good idea to make this episode while all this information was still fresh. For those of you who are new to the writing world, the first draft of a novel is the initial version of the story. For many writers, the first draft is also, unfortunately, the last draft, as this is where many stories die, never to be touched again. I've had plenty of would-be novels that never progressed beyond this stage because I didn't know the methods that I will be presenting to you today. So learn from my mistakes so you don't have to make them yourself. While it's terrible that so many end their journey to becoming an author at this stage, it's also understandable. First drafts can feel insurmountable when there is so much to the story in your head and you're left staring at a blank page. Even to those who have completed one before, Writing the first draft of a new story can feel like swimming in the ocean between continents. At some point, you're no longer able to see land, and going in any direction will be a massive amount of work. But enough negativity! You're here to learn how to kick ass at your first draft, without wanting to throw your computer out the window. With that in mind, I want to introduce you to five strategies for getting through your first draft alive. These have been used successfully by myself and many others to survive the first leg of our journey to becoming an author. Before we get into the strategies, a disclaimer. There is no universal plan and no one correct way to write a novel. Instead, what I have for you today is a toolbox of strategies that you can pick and choose from. I encourage you to experiment with each of these and see which ones work best for you. Strategy number one, embrace the rough in rough draft. Your first draft is not about perfection. It's about getting your ideas down on paper. Accept the rough draft for what it is, a starting point. It's a chance to explore your story without overthinking or even trying to make it good. Let's get one thing out of the way. More likely than not, your first draft is going to be a pile of hot garbage. The good news, everyone's first draft is garbage, so you're in good company. Many great stories had messy beginnings, so give yourself permission to experiment. After all, getting to what works often involves shuffling a lot of crap out of the way. This is the time to explore and take risks with narrative choices, character arcs, and plot developments. And yes, some of what you create is going to be very, very bad. But by the end of the draft, we simply want the story to exist, because no matter how good the story is while it's in your head, it's not going to make you an author until it's on the page. You may discover that as you write, you change point of view, come up with better ideas, or shift almost randomly through different genres. It can be frustrating when you notice these shifts, and you may feel tempted to go back and fix everything for the sake of consistency. But under no circumstances should you go back and correct previous chapters. I'll go more into this in a later strategy, but let the variations in your first draft flow. 
You may discover something that works especially well and decide to revise in that direction in draft two. Whenever you feel the urge to fix something that you've already written in the first draft, tell yourself these six magical words. That's a problem for future me. They might not appreciate it, but future you will absolutely thank you when the story is written. Just imagine how happy they'll be by the time you are them. You'll both have a first draft. Wait, did that make sense? Never mind. Moving on! Strategy number two. Pantsing might get you there, but planning definitely will. I'm sure a lot of Discovery writers just stopped the episode and moved on with their lives. Wait, come back! There are three more strategies! Ah, nope. They're gone. But for those of you who stayed, I have a secret for you. In between pantsing and planning is a whole spectrum. And in my experience, a little planning goes a long way. In case you haven't heard of these terms, pantsing or discovery writing is when you write from the seat of your pants, meaning you sit down and spill words onto the page without having written down any structure or overview beforehand. Planning or plotting, on the other hand, well, I'm assuming you know what planning is. You don't need a full in-depth outline where you know exactly how many chapters, what happens in each of them, and all your characters' favorite colors before you start a prologue. But the writing part will flow a little smoother if you at least make a list of highlights. Obviously, there are exceptions, Stephen King being the most famous of them all. But if you're listening to this, it's very likely that you, like me, are not already a world-famous author. And based on many sources I have read, writers who plan at least at the high level are far more likely to complete a book. So you ask, if I make an outline, what happens if I change my mind or come up with a new idea when I start writing? And to that I say, great, change it. Employing an outline doesn't rigidly fix everything you write in the first draft. There is and always will be room to change your mind. That is the part of what makes the process of writing a first draft so chaotic. You may have outlined that two enemy captains dueled to the death, but find that when you build up to that scene, it feels natural that they become friends or even lovers. Outlining isn't stating, this is what the story will be. It's more like, this is the best idea I have right now, but I might come up with something better later. I know it's not very catchy, but maybe we'll workshop it later. Now you might be saying, okay, Michael, fine. It's worth a try, but how do I outline? To which I say, don't worry, my author-adjacent friends, I'll tell you what worked for me. For my latest novel, I outlined my first draft using the three-act story structure. This structure breaks the story down into, you guessed it, three parts, with each part having specific story elements occurring within them. In short, Act 1 contains the setup, the inciting incident, and the first major plot point. Act 2 is the rising action, the game-changing midpoint, and the second major plot point. And Act 3 rounds the story off with the climax and the resolution. I may do an episode in the future covering various story structures, but for now it should suffice to say that there are many blueprints for planning your story in broad strokes. All of them are good and valid, so you will have to experiment and find what works for you and your story. In my case, I have three main characters that each have their own progress through the three-act structure. For each character, I decided on the highlights of their journey. What was their inciting incident, their first plot point, their first plot twist, or unexpected difficulty? I continued along this path until I had a list of impactful events in chronological order. 
With the individual stories complete, I then braided the outlines together to make sure they progressed through the structure at the same rate, and arrived at the end of the story around the same time. This was also a great time to look for opportunities for overlap, where the characters could meet and interact with one another. By the time the outline was finished, I didn't know what would happen between the highlighted plot points, but I knew where I was in the story, and where I needed to end up. While writing the first draft, I never got stuck staring at a page deciding what to write next. I could always take the next logical step to reach the closest outlined point for that character. Having an outline made it so much easier for me to avoid writer's block and plot holes, the two great banes of any writer. Now don't get too excited, your first draft is still likely to have plot holes, due to the very nature of what a first draft is. See strategy number one. But with an outline, you are more likely to have identified and solved several of them before you even started writing. Now remember, nothing I wrote in the outline is set in stone, so I still kept the option open to change it. As I progressed through the first draft, the story became more clear in my mind, and I made decisions that didn't match my initial plans. And that is okay. In these cases, I revisited my outline and updated the paths affected by my new decision. Recall what I said before about what an outline is. It's the best idea I have right now, but I might come up with something better later. Planners, I have not forgotten about you. You already know the virtues of an outline, so I won't harp on that too much. But some of you may have the opposite problem of too much planning, and that is just as bad of an obstacle to finishing your first draft. For that reason, I would advise you against excessive indulgence in your planning. Outlining is a lot like world building in that there's no logical endpoint. You can go on adding more details and fleshing out plot points forever, but at a certain point, you're just playing with it. Bottom line, do outline, but outline only as much as you need to get the story down on paper. Strategy number three, trust in future you. The thing to remember here is that when writing your first draft, assume that there will be a second draft and let any problems you recognize in your already written chapters carry over to the second draft, which I'll be giving strategies on in a future episode. One of the most common pitfalls for new writers during this first draft is the temptation to go back and fix large problems as they come up, which can result in revision hell. If you haven't heard of revision hell, it's a cyclical process of writing, reading what you wrote, revising it, reading it again, and then repeating those last two steps for all of eternity, in theory. I can't say for sure since I'm not an eternal being, but I am working on it. There is a simple solution to avoiding this spike-filled death trap, and that is don't go back and read your work while you're writing. Remember, your only goal for the first draft is to make it exist. We will worry about getting it right in later drafts. Seriously, I know it's difficult, the pull to go back and edit can be irresistible, but it's not the best use of your time. I would also advise no editing during this first draft, especially while you are in the writing session. If you have to delete a sentence more than twice to reword it, you have gone too far. Just write it poorly and remember strategy number one. It took me some time to learn this one. In the beginning of my first draft, I would often go back and correct things, when I finally learned to resist this temptation, my writing speed skyrocketed. From then on, if I made a decision in chapter 16 that broke what happened in chapter 4, I didn't go back and change it. When I received feedback from my writing group, which you'll hear more about later, I didn't go back and change it. 
Are you seeing a pattern? In both these cases, I took notes of possible future changes and included them at the start of chapters so I wouldn't forget. But when I sat down to write, my only goal was to progress toward the end of the story. I did it this way because I knew that there would be sections and maybe even whole chapters that would not survive into draft two. But in the middle of draft one, we still don't know which these sections are. There is no reason to spend your valuable time fixing a paragraph that might get the chopping block later. So keep your internal editor locked up tight for this first phase only. But don't worry, we will let them back out of their cage for the second draft. To be clear, I am purely talking about the problems concerning your story. I highly recommend dealing with all real-world issues in a timely manner. But that's your business, so let's move on to the next strategy. Strategy number four. Plan for your motivation to fade. Writing a first draft, let alone an entire novel, is a massive undertaking. Sure, it will start out as an exciting experience that may have you jumping out of bed, but eventually this story will no longer be the shiny new toy, and your motivation will falter. That is when good writing habits will carry you through. Don't get me wrong, writing can be very rewarding. But it's important to be realistic and know that you won't be able to rely on inspirational internet quotes and hang in there kitten posters to see yourself through the first draft. That is where the goal setting and routine comes in. I highly suggest setting goals and building consistent daily or weekly writing routine that your lifestyle can support. Setting goals that you can accomplish in the near future will help you stay on track and give you a little dopamine boost to help you keep it up when the going gets tough. That latter part, routine, is very important in writing. Be honest with yourself about how much time and mental energy you can consistently commit to your writing when setting these habits. Otherwise, you risk starting too strong or overcommitting to a schedule that will burn you out in the long run. Remember, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Okay, so how does this whole goal thing work, you may ask? Let's go over long-term goals first, then short-term goals that result in your writing routine. Goals are ultimately about self-discipline, and the first step to disciplining yourself... Wait, that came out wrong. Ah, I'm going to leave it in. The first step is to set the ultimate long-term goal, the deadline. Now remember, this episode is all about the first draft, so pick a date you can have this draft completed by. Don't worry, you won't go to jail if it's not done by then, so don't sweat it too much. This date gives you something to aim at while you're working and puts a little fire under you to keep up the pace. It's good to be just a little ambitious, because even if you miss the deadline, your draft will be that much farther along just for trying. Pick a date that feels just close enough to make your heart race when you think about it. For me, that was a year from starting the first draft, and I actually failed this the first time around as I had not pinned down a lot of my strategies. And in the year I set this goal, I made it about six chapters or roughly 18% of the way to my final word count of my first draft. The following year, in 2023, I mastered my routine, joined a community, and set a new goal to finish the draft by the end of that year. And this time, I nailed it. I believe where I went wrong the first time was that while I had set a big deadline, I didn't do a good job of setting the small goals along the way to keep me progressing, and I didn't have a routine pinned down that worked to keep me writing when the motivation was gone. But I learned to find a pace using the strategies I've been researching and going over with you today. As I mentioned before, I outlined, and you should as well, 
because once I was about halfway through the story, I could see the steps needed to reach the climax I had been aiming at all along. I could tell exactly how much story I had to produce weekly to meet my final deadline. So everyone listening, pick a date to finish your first draft, write it down, put it on the calendar, leave yourself sticky notes on the fridge, on your computer, and everywhere else you can think of that your eyeballs might wander. Then keep it in mind as we move on to short-term goals. You may be wondering why you would need short-term goals once you've set your deadline for the whole draft, but take it from me. These goals are the bite-sized chunks that make the whole draft feel manageable. For most, this will be your daily or weekly goal. It can be based on a word count, a page number, or time spent. It really doesn't matter, as long as it's a value that you can measure yourself by. My personal strategy was to set a weekly goal for a number of chapters, as my daily schedule tends to vary quite a bit. I encourage you to find a schedule that works for your lifestyle that you can stick to consistently until the date of your first draft deadline. It can also be helpful to choose the time of day you will write when you know you won't be disturbed. Consider writing first thing in the morning, like myself, or late at night depending on your sleep schedule and your internal clock. You may find that you are most creative at a certain time of day, and if you recognize this, use it to your advantage. Keep in mind that if you set a schedule that is too ambitious, like writing six hours per day on top of a nine to five, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yes, try to reach your deadline and pick a daily or weekly goal that will get you there, but make sure to take care of yourself as well. So now you're thinking, okay, Michael, I get it. I should write on a consistent schedule, but so many times I sit down to write and nothing comes out. What can I do about that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here are some strategies for your actual writing session, that special time when you put your hands to the keyboard, or typewriter if you're old school. No judgment here. I know you're getting tired of my disclaimers, but hang in there because we're almost done. But again, realize that this is the granular level stuff that every writer has to discover for themselves. What I will suggest is creating a ritual, some series of steps to get your mind and body into writing gear. For some of you, this routine will involve lighting a certain candle or drinking a specific coffee, whiskey, or wine. If you're a morning writer, be careful with those last two. It could also be a 10-minute yoga or meditation session to clear your mind, or even a quick free writing session. It doesn't matter what it is, so long as you teach your brain to associate it with writing. That's right, we're turning ourselves into Pavlovian dogs, but it's for a good cause, I promise. I've tried a bunch of different rituals, but here are the ones that work best for me. I try to get my writing done first thing in the morning. Right after making something hot to drink, I pull up my YouTube playlist of writing sprints, which you can find linked in the show notes if you'd like to try any. For those of you not in the know, a writing sprint is based off the Pomodoro time management technique, in which you set a timer and write as much as you can for a duration of time without editing, researching, or doing anything else. Then you take a short break before doing another sprint. A typical ratio is about 25 minutes of writing to a 5-minute break. There are a lot of great content creators on YouTube who have conveniently created writing sprint music videos. They have some background music to help you block out distractions and focus, and will ding when you're supposed to start or stop your sprint. They're amazing. Honestly, I think my writing productivity went up by at least 10% when I found them. I usually get somewhere between two to four sprints at about 500 words each before I have to call it a wrap and move on with my day. 
Now we're all human and life will happen, so you may miss a writing session here or there. But do everything in your power to return to your writing routine. Again, I can't stress this enough on how important it is to make sure you keep this habit going. Just like in physics, once you lose your forward momentum, it takes a lot more effort to get the whole process going again than it would have taken to maintain in the first place. If you find your routine and stick to it, you are more likely to write and enjoy doing it. And that leads to what? More finished first drafts, in case you forgot what the topic of the episode is. And finally, we've arrived to the last strategy, which I may have given away earlier, but a little foreshadowing never hurt anyone. So here it is. Strategy number five, find your people. As a whole, writing is a very solitary endeavor. It falls into a vein of creative pursuits that can be and often is completed entirely by one person doing all of the work. But finding a community to participate in unlocks a treasure trove of benefits. Joining my writing group in January of 2023 is one of the key changes that empowered me to progress through my first draft last year. That's not to say that writers can't do it alone, but there are a few things I think you will gain by joining a community. A community of creatives can help support you during your lows and celebrate your highs. Sometimes you just need a vent about how your main character isn't behaving the way you thought they would. Engaging with other writers who understand your trials can help relieve some of that stress. Plus, they may have some ideas on how to get that main character back in line, or improve in other areas of your story that aren't quite hitting right. Writing groups tend to be made up of people with different skill sets. You may write great action scenes, but find it difficult to push a romantic subplot through your story. A community where you can talk to someone who is strong in areas where you are weak is a fantastic resource to have. Beyond the general help with your problem areas, in most writing groups there is also the opportunity to receive feedback on your work in progress. These fresh looks can catch plot holes, celebrate well-crafted sentences, and offer perspective you might have missed in the solitary confinement that is your writing cave. Now I know some of you are thinking, but having other people read my writing is scary! And to that I say get over it. It is completely fine if you are only writing for yourself. I hope you find the process satisfying and fulfilling, and maybe even therapeutic. However, for those of us aspiring to see our books on shelves, whether they be digital or traditional, the most effective method to improve your writing is to seek feedback from others. And if you plan to publish, you'll need to get over this fear one of these days. So why not today? Learn to become comfortable with hearing people judge your story. That being said, I do suggest limiting the number of people you ask to review your first draft. You don't need a lot of opinions at this stage due to all the qualities of a first draft mentioned in strategy number one. Other writers tend to give good feedback at this stage since they really understand what the first draft is meant to be. But in the end, you just need a few good opinions to let you know if you're on the right track or not. In hindsight, the best thing I ever did for my writing aspirations was join a writing group, which is why I saved this one for the final of the five strategies. Before then, I was going through this journey alone and my progress was sporadic at best. As I mentioned in number four, my motivation did fade, and it became hard to see the path. Then, among the other changes I made in the new year, Having people expecting to see some of my writing every week became a huge motivator for churning out the words. I found that I love getting feedback on my submissions, the good and the bad, 
It acts as a signpost to let me know if my audience is receiving the message I was attempting to send them. If you're now convinced that you too should find your writing group, then the next step is to start looking, right? So where do you find these groups? I found mine through meetup.com, but there are many sites and forums such as reddit.com or nanorimo.org, and I'll include links to these in the show notes as well. In general, the internet is an incredible resource for writers these days, but you could also check billboards in your local library or bookstore. If you can't find a local community to join in person, once again, the internet is here to serve you as there are hundreds, if not thousands, of online groups that meet regularly. There are many different types of writing communities out there, and I encourage you to test them out with the understanding that the first one you join might not be the right one for you. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there because you really have a lot to gain by finding a good group to hold you accountable and celebrate your wins. All right, folks, that covers the five strategies for absolutely nailing your first draft. Thank you for spending the time with me today. Again, I am Michael Vadney. If you found any of this useful or were simply entertained and would like to support more content like this, please feel free to leave a review on your podcast app of choice and tell your friends about the show. You can follow me on Twitter slash X at AuthorAdjacent or send me an email with your writing questions, comments, or suggested topics at AuthorAdjacent at gmail.com. I'll be posting new episodes every other week. Now remember, the journey from writer to author might be long, but until then, let's be author-adjacent together.